Sit Pop Podcast is recorded in front of a live internet audience. Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that would never get sick on Panda Day, it's Sif Pop. Welcome to Sif Pop, streaming live on Spreaker every Saturday afternoon or available to download later in your podcast feed. Unless, of course, you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! West Virginia! I'm Aaron Dicer from YourMovieFriend.com. He's Andrew Ormsby from Flick Freaks. Ahoy! And each week we'll chat about movies, television, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our mind. Going a little country roads there? Yeah, take me home. It's been in enough movies recently. Yeah. Might as well be in the podcast. Such a good song. How you been, man? Doing good. I'm yeah. doing good. Yeah. Parents' anniversary. We're all going to have a barbecue tonight. I'm nice. excited. Yeah. My sister's birthday is today, so your parents' anniversary is on the same day as my sister's birthday. Happy birthday. I wish uh, I wish she lived close enough that we could do a barbecue tonight. Mm. She's turning a, a number that a lot of people um, celebrate bigger than other numbers. I'm trying to figure out what that means. I don't think that's a hard. I don't think that's a hard figure. She's celebrating. A birthday that's bigger than other numbers? That's, <laughs> it's usually celebrated in a bigger fashion than other birthdays. Okay, so it's either... It's got to be a DECA number, I'm assuming. Okay, yes. So take a, you, You'll get there. Yeah, it's, it's 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, <laughs> okay, 90. Okay, it's my sister. Yeah. Right? So what would be the the clearest guess? Uh, 30? I don't, is it older <laughs> sister, younger sister? What... <laughs> Uh, How many siblings do you have? It's I just usually siblings are pretty close in age. I have two siblings. Uh, she's turning forty today, so okay. congratulations to my sister. Yeah. See, the chat got it. Chat knew. Chat I knows what's up. Technically, did say forty. <laughs> Thirty, forty, fifty, sixty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, it's uh, she's always turning uh, uh, like thirty younger than my dad. So my dad just turned uh, seventy a month ago. So really, or actually, just a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Man. Everybody's on those deck years. Everybody just keeps getting older. It's pretty amazing. My sister and I are born two years and ten hours apart. Ooh. Same birthday, two years. Nice. Well, she's the 17th, I'm the 18th, but ten hours, you know. Oh, I see. So technically you have different birthdays, yeah, but, but you were born within the same 24-hour period. Yeah. Same 10-hour period. So, so um, stuff. we always celebrate on the same day because it's cheaper that way. <laughs> Anyways, happy birthday, sis. Yeah. Happy anniversary, Andrew's parents. And uh, happy Sif Pop Day as we talk about some fun stuff. Uh, of course, we've got the base. We'll have our buried treasure at the end. We've got a Sift quest today. I'm really excited to talk about. Yeah. Uh, it's a fun question uh, and uh, excited to get into that. It has to do with villains being extra villainy, which is uh, which is kind of an interesting kind oh, of place to go. Oh, now I know what. Yeah, okay. So, uh, and then we've got uh, a, a best ever challenge on buildings that are like a character in the movie, since we've got uh, you know, a building in our main review, which is Skyscraper. But we like to kick it off with some Do We Care. Every single week, I scour the internet to find out what is going on in the entertainment world. I pick some topics for us to discuss. We must decide whether or not we care about them or not. Number one, Aaron, I don't know if you know this or not, but every single year, there's this competition to find out who the best actor or the best actress or best show oh, yeah, is. The, the, uh, it's Emise, Emise, I think is what it's called. No, you're thinking of the Sif Pop TV Awards yeah. that happens uh, at the beginning of September every year. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm just letting people know in advance, you know, a couple months in advance, it's on the horizon. <laughs> That's no, right. we're talking about the Emmys. The Emmy nominations are out. And yeah. uh, the big thing that I just wanted to hit on with the Emmy nominations Besides, you know, did you see anything that popped out to you? Is nothing that kind of, nothing kind of blew my mind because Netflix finally beat HBO for the first time with nominations. Yeah, that's the only thing I saw. Well, and that's cool. I mean, that's you know, it's kind of a statement on yeah. uh, the changing of the guard from you know, just it, it's interesting because it was the same kind of thing when HBO started beating out the networks. Yeah, and now streaming is beating out cable, mm-hmm. and it just kind of shows the transition of technology. Uh, no, what I was going to say is, is the reason nothing seems to stand out to me is because it's hard to argue with choices because there's so much great TV out. It's like, you can think of several people you wish were nominated, but then you look at the choices and you're like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. You're like, "Eh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many great performances, so many great shows. Uh, yeah, it's an impressive list. I find it interesting because of that plethora of amazingness that it actually kind of makes it hard to figure out who's going to win because there really is no shoe in in any particular category. Yeah. 
if I had to, if I think the closest shoe into anything would be that Game of Thrones is probably going to win for Best a drama, drama series. Um, yeah. For some reason, I feel like it's a done deal that Danson's got best actor in a comedy. I mean, I know there's other great people in there, but mm-hmm. it's just everybody loves Ted Danson. Like, it's is he going up against Donald Glover or is he supporting mm-hmm. role? I think Donald Glover will win. I could be, could be. Yeah. I, I'm just telling you, like, he's got the the most goodwill I've ever seen. You know, in Hollywood, everybody seems to love that guy. So it wouldn't surprise me if he won. Well, he knows everybody's name, apparently. So The other newsworthy item is Sandra Oh, right? Because it's she the, is first the first time. Asian lead actress, which is crazy, by the way. Yeah, it's 2018, guys. Yeah. <laughs> like, how has that not happened before? The first female lead actress who is Asian to ever be nominated. Yeah. For, uh, Killing for a BBC Eve. show where it's... Killing Eve. Huh? Killing Eve. Killing Eve. I'd never heard of it before. Never heard of it? No. I'm... I'm almost sure I did a buried treasure on it. Did you? Yeah. Oh. I remember watching it and, and enjoying it quite a bit, but So you recommend? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well I'll pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh she's phenomenal in it as well. Yeah. So good choices all around. All right. Number two, this is uh one that I'm gonna get mad on, so apologies in advance. Oh, rant coming, Andrew yeah. Rant. Pure Flicks, the production company behind movies such as God's Not Dead, was in Thailand waiting to see if the soccer team would be rescued. And as soon as they all were, they went right in to secure the film rights to the story. Yeah. That's pretty vulturous, if you ask me. You know, I haven't done the research on any of this. Uh, I found it, uh, first of all, I'm not a Pure Flix fan, you know, even as as a person of faith. You know, I've talked about my faith before on the show. Yeah, I wasn't going to automatically assume, like, just because it's a Christian-based faith that all their movies are automatically good. That's not how it works. Well, it just kind of works the other way, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, I wish it kind of worked that way. Uh, but Pure Flix, uh, yeah, it, it's not my favorite company anyway. Um, and when I heard that they had said they're making a, a movie about it, you know, just like a day after, I think they launched the announcement a day after. Yeah. I was like, that's how did you get rights that quickly? Like, that doesn't seem okay. Because so, they were waiting. <laughs> now, I, and that that could be, again, I haven't done my own personal research on it, but either way, it kind of smelled funny to me. But they're not the only ones. There's two movie companies that have announced that this, they're making films. I don't remember the guy's name, the director, but he did Crazy Rich Asians. He is trying to secure the rights as well, which I guess you can have multiple movies. He's afraid that Pure Flix is going to whitewash the story. Yeah. So he's well. A- that's that's all still to be seen, but yeah, yeah. I can understand that that fear for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's there's no doubt as this was going on, all of us were thinking it. All of us were like, is it- "This is going to make an incredible movie." Like, I want to see this movie. I want to I want to get a better idea of this story and what happened, but I also want it to be done respectful, and I want to make sure they're the ones that are benefiting off of it if there's you know any benefits. So. I just think that it's bad taste to be waiting to make sure that you can get the film rights yeah, to use, something use like this. Yeah, you the word vulturist. I think that's a, a, a decent word for it. You know, just yeah. kind of waiting uh, to see what happens and then pouncing kind of thing, but... yeah. Because I don't remember whenever the Chilean miners were stuck down there, I don't remember hearing about any film uh, companies or anybody being there waiting to make sure well, they yeah, got the out. 33 didn't come out till just last year or a couple of years ago. So Yeah, which is a movie I liked and you didn't, if I remember correctly. I like 33. Okay. Yeah. I didn't love it, Yeah, um, but I liked it enough. Yeah, I really liked it. That Antonio Banderas, good guy. Did good stuff. Uh, you said you had one that I've This is possibly- one that I have to mention because the news came out yesterday and it it's just, it's one of my things. Okay. They're making a Downton Abbey movie. Yo, and all yeah. the cast is signed back on. Were you a Downton Abbey fan? Never seen a single episode. Oh, it's so good. I figured it might be. You know, it, it's one of those things where I totally get everybody's like, I don't want to watch. Like, I was the same way. And then I watched a couple episodes and I was like, oh, amazing acting, great stories interesting concepts you know like i'm i'm down so i had a good time with it does it make me sound lazy if i just think that it sounds like a big undertaking to take on that show (laughs) no no i i have some of those i have i have one in particular that's on my missed list Mm -hmm. uh that people can't believe i haven't seen a single episode on and it just feels too big for me to ever go back and take on okay Um, so do you want to guess yeah i'm gonna go with the wire no i've seen the wire okay yeah uh what is it Sopranos. I'm in the same boat with you. You've never seen an episode of Sopranos oh, I've either? I've seen like two or three episodes, but I'm like, no, nah, I can't do it. 
Yep, it's yeah. it's too far back for me now. Yeah, it it just feels it feels too daunting, and yeah. that happens, and especially in a, you know, like we said, there's so much good TV right now, so. And, you know, as the show goes on and, you know, the episodes start to pile up, it just becomes that much more difficult to jump into it. Right. You're like, I can't commit. There's 50 episodes now. Yeah, no doubt. I'm surprised that I went back and watched Lost, you know, <laughs> that way. <laughs> because everybody was talking about how, you know, big that show was and I'd never seen a single episode. And I only saw it, like, what, five, six years ago is when I took it on. So, Well, my buried treasure today is a little bit of a tease, is a four-season catch-up that I played and finished out. So yeah. um, so it can be done, but I will just say the one I just finished up was a little bit easier than trying to do Sopranos. So. Is it Door of the Explorer? It's Door of the Explorer, yes. I called it! No, I think there were many more seasons of Door of the Explorer than four, but... Oh, I don't know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> As you, I don't speak Spanish, so maybe I should start watching it and learn. And then you can learn some Spanish. Yeah. And you can call your abuela. Yeah. What's, <laughs> is that mom or grandma? I think that's grandma. Okay. I think if I learned it correctly. All right. That's going to wrap it up for Do We Care. You ready to talk some uh, skyscraper? Let's make it happen, Captain. All right, let's do it. After your security assessment, what do you think of the building? With all due respect, he's a glorified security guard. Please. The Pearl is the tallest, most advanced building in the world. You've built a vertical city. But you've brought with it every single safety and security challenge that I could think of. We thought this floor was empty. So did I. Not only have you brought them all indoors, but you've trapped them 240 floors in the air. No one really knows what would happen if things go wrong. Former FBI hostage rescue team leader and U.S. war veteran. How's that for an introduction for a character? Will Ford now assesses security for skyscrapers. He's on assignment in China when he finds the tallest, safest building in the world suddenly ablaze, and he's been framed for it. Wanted man on the run, Will must find those responsible, clear his name, and somehow rescue his family, which is trapped inside the building above the fire line. Uh, the Rock is back doing the skyscraper. Uh, it feels like they there's a movie like this for The Rock every year or so. Yeah. Um and uh I for Couple one this year for him. <laughs> like this one? Yeah. Like what what else is there that's like this? Rampage. Uh, I know from a sci-fi yeah, element no, but right. it's... No, 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 I'll give it to you. You're yeah. right. No, actually Rampage does kind of fall in this category for yeah. sure. Well, did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it or it was just okay? Uh, I'll I'll say it's okay. Just okay? Sounds yeah. like on the lower side of just okay. Yeah. Well, look at me over here on the high side of liked it. Really? Oh, I had so much fun at this movie. I had an absolute blast watching this. I know there are flaws. I, I saw them all over the place, and I don't care. Like, I just was like, bring Sometimes it on. Sometimes that's okay. <laughs> right? You but just have that experience, you know? I think you have to just be in the perfect mindset for it. And sure. you not seeing any trailers for this, you didn't have... Like, I saw a whole bunch of trailers, and I'm like... Yeah, okay. I mentioned that in my review in my YouTube. Do you really? I, in my YouTube review, I talk about the fact that I went back and watched the trailers. Yeah, and I think I would have had a totally different experience if I had seen trailers because it gave away Everything. some of the insanity, some of the craziness. There were several big moments in those trailers that, when I was watching it, just kept me, you know, bringing me along. And if I had seen it, I feel like I would have known they were coming and yeah. been waiting for them and. Yeah, I mean, maybe we can talk about that a little bit in spoilers because I think we do. We'll do a little bit of spoilage on this one, but um, but yeah, I I absolutely agree. If I hadn't seen trailers, I think my or if I had seen trailers, I think my experience would have been very very different. That's not to say I don't have pros for this movie. I just sure. Want to well, why don't you start that. us off with some? Uh, uh, I really felt the height in this movie, the vertigo. I guess you could say. Oh man, um, which is something I didn't expect. There are some scenes in this movie that I actually flinched, and I'm sur- <laughs> I, I caught myself flinching. I'm like, I just flinched in this movie. I yeah. didn't expect to, but no, it, it, you really do feel the tension on that. Maybe that's for the fact that once again, Dwayne the Rock Johnson is reaffirming the fact that he is a leading man. He's so good. Yeah, he's a different role for him too. Kind of. It, well, kind of. Not uh, the family man kind of thing. Yeah. Um, is a little bit of a different take. But what I always come back to is the fact that he is our modern action star. Like, he is our Schwarzenegger of, yeah. you know, of the, the 20 teens. And the difference is he can actually act. Like, he is a good actor. Uh, some of the work he's putting in, in the family stuff, in the emotion stuff, is very believable. He brings me along. I, you know, 
as a husband and father myself, like I'm right there with him and I'm just like feeling it. And, you know, that's not to say Schwarzenegger was an awful actor, but, you know, he he wasn't he was not a great actor. He was just an awesome action star. And I think The Rock is both. Uh, and that's pretty impressive. Yeah, but Schwarzenegger has a Golden Globe nomination and uh, <laughs> The Rock has no. He'll get there. You he'll, think? Oh, yeah, he'll get there for sure. He'll find the right property and he'll get some noms. I want to see him take on a bulimic role. I think, that, a bulimic would, I think that would be difficult. I think he has a lot of uh, a lot of his brand do built you, on the look of his body. It'd be <laughs> it'd be hard for him to waste that, you know. Do you think that he his muscles are just a part of him now? He literally can't lose them. Like <laughs> if he just stopped working out, he would still look the same forever. His his body's for just a like, while. For a while, the body does kind of adapt like that, but. No, that's impressive. He was impressive in it. Um, you mentioned the Vertigo. This is the kind of movie I would love to see in a uh, like a high frame rate, super clear, like eight K, three D, like experience. I would love to experience this movie a little more than I did because of how amazing it is. Um, what's incredible is that experience is there even without that stuff. I only saw it in two D. Yeah, me too. Okay, me too. Um, but this is the kind of movie that begs for that experience. Like, I think you can even tell this, like the, the craziness of the height of this building in an even better way with that. Uh, so yeah, like laser IMAX 3d on this, uh, I, you know, I'm almost considering it if they're, you know, I haven't even checked to see if they're showing it at the laser IMAX, but yeah. it would be very, very cool to kind of experience that. This was going to be my one last thing, but I'm just going to throw it in right cool. here. If you are going to see this movie you have to make sure you see it in theaters because once it hits DVDs, that entire factor is going to be lost. Yeah, unless you've got a really big screen, really big high-def screen, you might get some of it. But yes, the smaller the screen goes, the more that effect is going to be lost on you, which again is what I'm talking about with seeing it you know, on as big a screen as possible exactly, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. But I'm saying like for me, that's the only wow factor that would you know, incentivize me to see this movie again. Oh, I disagree with that. You think so? Oh, yeah. And maybe maybe this is where I can go into some pros that I had that maybe you didn't. Yeah, okay. um, I think this movie is constructed beautifully. Like, the the momentum in this movie is nonstop. It holds you the whole time. Um, now, part of this may have to do with me putting myself in his shoes. Again, as a husband and a dad, maybe that has something to do with it. Okay. I don't know. Um, but it also has to do with the way the movie never lets down. When the movie is in a more let's say, talky kind of scene, there's still an intensity to it about what's going on on the TV screens behind them or what's going on, you know, the, the movie just does such a great job of that kind of like grabbing you by the lapels and not letting you go. Um, that is also the main thing I think the trailer could have affected for me. You know, again, knowing things are coming, maybe I feel a little more loose. You know, I don't feel as held by the movie as much. I don't know. But for me, I just, man, it was a great experience from start to finish. Uh, as far as like that momentum, so that was a huge positive for me. Okay, I'm going to disagree with you, but yeah, sure. No, I'm totally. glad it worked for you. No, totally. Because I think and I'm going into my cons unless sure. you have more pros. You what, we can go back and forth. It's just conversation. Okay. Go ahead. Because I think that this film is painfully choreographed. Everything is like displayed. Here's your red herrings. Here's your MacGuffins and stuff like that. Like they show you stuff in you know the beginning of this film, and you're like, okay, so yeah, that's definitely going to play a role later. There's no other reason for that to be in the movie. Uh, what? Oh, dude. we saw a different movie. Apparently, because if you didn't see some of this stuff coming, even stuff that wasn't in trailers, I'm like, okay, there's no reason for this to be in the movie, except it's going to be used later. As you know, the- you mean like foreshadowing? Yeah. I didn't think the foreshadowing was extreme in this movie. Oh, it was painful, dude. We're going to talk about this in spoilers for sure. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm interested to hear your specifics because I never felt that once. And then there's also, you know, like, just because it's an action movie, it can get a pass on this, but like physics breaking and stuff like that, you know? (laughs) Yeah. So I won't give it a... Uh, well, negative. that is my main negative. Is it? It is just how ridiculous this movie is. Like, yeah. If you, I mean, if you even spend a second thinking about the the physics or the impossibilities of some of the things that happen in this movie, yeah. uh, you know, it, it only takes a second to realize how ridiculous it is. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, I, and I think you know, for me, 
that defined how my experience was going to be. If I was willing to suspend that disbelief because I was having such a good time, which mm-hmm. I was, and I had a great time. But if something had triggered me in just the right way where it transitioned from suspension of disbelief to, oh, that's nonsense and I don't, you know, I can't get past it, so I'm distracted by it, then the whole rest of the movie could have been affected. I don't know. Um, that's what's so beautiful about the experience of watching films, right? Is you get to experience them wherever you're at and whatever you're going through. And for me, it just, you know, I was able to look past that stuff and just kind of laugh it off. And there's, there's actually a point at which I go, um, the ridiculousness is kind of what makes it so fun too. You know, like, you know, it's purposeful. They know what kind of movie they're making. Yeah. You know, they, they know they're, you know, that it's ridiculous. So it's the same kind of thing I felt with the fast five, you know, with the fast and furious when the fast and furious was finally like, we know what we're doing. Yeah. We're being ridiculous. Yeah. So yeah, I can let it go. Um, my one last negative, and it was a huge negative for me, is that across the board, besides Dwayne, there is no character development in this movie. No character development for the villain, uh, for any supporting characters. Agree. Just Dwayne, and for that fact, you don't really care about what happens to anybody in this movie. And you know they can't do anything to like him because he has to get to at least the end of the movie and... <laughs> This is going to be a fun spoiler chat. I actually do disagree with that a little bit. Um, he has uh, a friend that has, uh, I think, a decent amount of purposeful character work done oh, Pablo. on him. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Schreiber. Yeah, who I love, by the way. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. Um, and I actually feel like I actually feel like Nev Campbell had some character work done uh, on the wife character, um, but not 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 in a, a way that I would say it was you know a big part of the film but there's some stuff there that I really appreciated and and liked about her character so in uh, primary among them this is not a spoiler but primary among them she never felt um set to the side as a part of the family like it very much felt like she was an integral part of that family from the beginning to the end and the way that family operated um was really beautiful to me. It was one of my favorite things about the movie was the family itself. I loved that family. I liked the kids. I thought the kids were used really well. They felt actually like kids. Like they reacted like kids would be. They didn't have like special powers, those kind of things. And the way, the way the plot used them, I thought was really wonderful. I really enjoyed that. So, um, and again, spoilers, maybe I can be more specific about that, but that was one of my favorite things about the movie was the family. Yeah. So I enjoyed that. The other thing I haven't mentioned uh, that I really enjoyed, and maybe it's just a brief mention, but I love the technology in this movie. I love that building. I want that building to be real. Uh, I I totally agree with you on that front. I, I'm just like, when they're setting it, it, it was just uh, incredible world building, or technically building building, uh, you know, what, <laughs> what they did with that thing. Because it was so fun to see the different types of technology, the idea of what would it be like to actually have a 3,000-foot skyscraper, you know... Um, foundationally they've always said that's impossible but you know engineers man they're figuring stuff out but i yeah i love the pearl i thought i thought that building was amazing i'm right there with you i never knew that um that it was impossible you know foundationally well that's that's what keeps that's what keeps the buildings i think from getting higher is the ability to dig that much deeper for the foundation uh technically buildings have to be at least a certain uh, i'm you know, I don't know this. I'm. This is what I've heard secondhand. Sure, but they have to be a certain percentage in ground as the height, and so in order for them to be stable enough, because at that they can just tip uh, over. Yeah, they'll just tip over because, especially because the the wind is different up there. You know, everything is the atmosphere is different. So, well, doesn't the uh, the uh, what's the satellite in a uh, Seattle the Seattle uh, Starlight or whatever that skyscraper is. Uh, doesn't it like the needle? Space the needle, needle, yeah. The space needle doesn't it like wave like bend <laughs> a, and stuff? A lot of buildings do, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's part of kind of what happens with with tall buildings, especially structures like that that aren't as you know foundation wise. But um, yeah. my my favorite thing would be if they kept making sequels to this, and each one was a new building. Like each one was this new amazing building we've never seen before, and somehow the Rock was you know saving something else from that building. Then um, it would turn into the. Uh, the Liam Neeson franchise of, you know, like you got to think he's just a terrible dad. His kid get, keeps <laughs> getting right. kidnapped. That's right. No, fair point. You got to think he's just fair a point. terrible, like he it's, it should have been picked up on, on the second building. If he's <laughs> that's there, right. that's right. 
and it's being broken into again. At some point, he's just bad luck. He's, At some yeah. point, you just leave him out of it. Exactly. That's a good point. That's why I will never work. Um, yeah, and my big negative was the ridiculousness. Uh, it really is silly. Uh, there's a lot of this movie that is very silly. So yeah. just know that going in. If you can still have a good time like me, that's great. You know, if, if it's distracting, that's, you know, I get it. I totally get it. I've been there, yeah. but I just wasn't there with this movie. So I gave my one last thing. Did you have one last thing? No, not really. It, okay. was, it was probably the thing about the buildings, you know, about doing the sequels with the, the different buildings. Uh, I'm excited for the spoiler conversation because we have such a difference in perspective, which doesn't happen yeah. all that often. Um, but, yeah, there's some there's some things I, I want to point out, and I know you're you're probably feeling the same way yeah. uh, on your side. So if you want to hear spoiler chat, that will be a secondary episode in your Sif Pop feed uh, so that you can save it until you've seen the movie. Uh, you ready to move on to the Best Ever Challenge? Yeah. All right. So Best Ever... Movies where a building was, quote-unquote, a character in the movie. In other words, it played enough of a role that it felt important. Obviously, there are buildings in almost every movie. Yeah. But we want to highlight movies where the building was kind of its own entity, its own thing. So, this will be a lot of fun. Uh, We'll go number three to number one. Why don't you kick us off, Andrew? The Raid Redemption. I knew you were going to mention Raid Redemption. Did you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That is such a good movie. (laughs) I love that movie so much. It's 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 insane. You know what's funny about this? Okay, give me just a second here. Because what's funny about this is Raid Redemption is full of exactly the things you said you didn't like about Skyscraper. There's nothing beyond that movie, beyond the fight scenes. And, you know, the story is flimsy. There's no character development. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a bunch of cool fight scenes in a there's, building. There's enough character development between the people you need to care about. There's a whole bunch of police officers and bad guys that you don't need to care about. Well, I only I only say it because I think it is a a good example of how when something gets us excited or gets us we're more willing to overlook we don't need that other stuff. But skyscraper didn't get you excited enough that you wanted to overlook necessarily that other stuff. I think that the physics in uh the raid redemption are a little closer to reality than <laughs> those fights are a little ridiculous. They're ridiculous, but I still think that you know he's not breaking physics in order to do them. He's okay. just incredibly lucky with a lot of the stuff. <laughs> okay, it's supposed Fair to enough. come. It's supposed Fair to enough. come off that you know he's this incredibly well trained fighter. You know, sure, and he sure. can take on everybody. Fair enough. But at the same time, a lot of it's luck. I'm not saying like he's hanging in air longer than he's not matrix wiring anything in that movie okay fair enough yeah i'm with you uh and the fighting in that movie is insane it's some of the best fighting it's insane uh my number three is up uh the house in (sighs) up good call um didn't even think of up and not not just because you know the balloons and you know traveling in the house but the house itself is full of memories yeah and that movie is so much about what it means to move on from relationships what it means to embrace the beauty of memory and at the same time be able to you know move on and the house is a, a primary character uh in that right from the beginning and man that that movie is just one of my favorites you know it's crazy i've only seen up once yeah. I figured if I saw it again, I would pick up on a lot more stuff than I did the first time. Not to say I didn't love it the first time, but sure. I think that there's a lot more there, you know, to dissect and everything. Yeah, it's good stuff. So that's my number three. What's your number two? Die Hard. Yeah, I, uh, it's in my honorable mentions. I thought it was going to be my number one, but then I realized there's another movie, and I'm like, oh yeah, well that's obviously my number one. But uh, yeah, this is the quintessential action movie. It it kind of I mean that's the other negative actually we didn't talk about this uh, I don't know if it bothered you it didn't bother me at all because I don't mind when movies you know are kind of other movies it's this, pretty it, much die it's hard pretty much die hard right like, yeah I mean there's obvious obviously going some back to skyscraper yeah yeah but um it was one of my you know my favorite Twitter jokes was die hard in a building yeah um which die hard was die hard in a building uh so yeah it's it's kind of a die hard take and and that's why you hear that phrase right. It's die hard in this. It's die hard in that. It's because this kind of started this idea of the, you know doing a, a location based action movie like that. One of the uh, posters for Skyscraper was a uh, a knockoff or not a knockoff, but it was a copy of the Die Hard. You know, with half oh, of yeah. Bruce Willis's face, and then the Nakamura Tower. Yeah, and they did the same thing with the Rock, and what was this tower called? Uh, I can't even. The, the Pearl. Pearl. Yeah, the yeah. Pearl. Yeah. 
It was the exact, so they did it that way. So I'm like, yeah, you obviously know what type of movie you're making. And they knew that too. Yeah. You know, there's no way they could. Yeah. Your number two? My number two is Rear Window. Uh, I guess I was just thinking of big spectacle buildings whenever it came to mind. But yeah. That's I mean, perfect. The, I mean, the the building in rear window is the central character of the movie. You know, looking across there at all the different windows and yeah. you know, seeing what's going on in different people's lives and the way Hitchcock tells an entire story basically by creating a building's windows as different movie screens is just genius. Like it's it's one of the most genius meta movies I've ever seen. Was so. it all one building yeah. or was it uh, like a separate buildings? Like was he in the same building as the oh, one no, across? No, 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 I'm talking about the building across the way. Okay. Yeah, 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 not necessarily his I building. I didn't know if it was like this, you know, arching building that wrapped not around that I itself. remember. Not okay. that I remember. I think it was just the apartments across from his apartment. Okay. Cuz so. I knew they like shared a courtyard and everything. So. Yes. I just wasn't There was sure. a courtyard between them, yeah. So But I can't fault you. That movie's so good. That might be Besides Birds, my favorite Hitchcock movie. Yeah, it's great stuff. So that's yeah. my number two. What's your number one? Lord of the Rings. Mine too. Really? Yeah. Okay, yeah. You, you got to give your due. You I know? mean, Barad-dur is literally a character in the movie. <laughs> right. The Eye of Sauron sits on top of that thing. And I totally forgot. I, I was like, maybe I need to check my top 100 of all time, make sure I haven't, you know, uh-huh. just skipped anything. And as soon as I got to Lord of the Rings, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's literally one of the two towers, so yeah, yeah. It's, it's a it literally is a sentient building. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, uh, I in I love the way that that is depicted in those movies. I love the effect for the Eye of Sauron at, at the top between the spires and the yeah. way the the quick way it glances around, and you know, it's not like a, a um, you know lighthouse where it's. You know, and just kind of slowly yeah. back. It's like an eyeball, you know, and it's looking around. And yeah. man, that's just some really creepy, cool stuff. And and of course, those those movies are amazing. So yeah. And just just for note, because I don't know, we've said it recently, but we just kind of speak of Lord of the Rings as one movie. Yeah. Around here, we don't have to divide it out. So yeah. Uh, so one one beautiful. Even though each of film. them are their own sure. movies, they're not third movies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, Lord of the Rings, I think, is a great number one choice. But your number one Lord of the Rings movie is? My favorite? Yeah. I, it's really hard for me to say. Really? I, I usually end up going Fellowship, just because it was the first, and that magic of the first one is hard. Uh, Return of the King has some of the best stuff in it, but the end is rather tedious. You know, it has a lot to wrap up. A lot of endings. It, ta- it takes a lot of endings to wrap up a nine-hour movie. Yeah. Um, and Two Towers is phenomenal. The battle stuff in Two Towers is some of the most incredible stuff we'd ever seen since then. So Two Towers is my favorite Lord of the Rings I, movie. I can't, I can't fault anybody for saying any one of the three is their favorite. I, I'm right there with you. I was just curious. Yeah. I wasn't going to judge either. I was just going to say, yeah. I usually go in order. I, you know, if, if I'm forced, I'll usually go Fellowship, Two Towers, Return of the King. Um, but you know, by minuscule amounts. Sure. Yeah, totally get it. Got some uh, some honorable mentions? Only one that I could think of anyway. I'm sure you could probably get some more for me. The sure. Rock. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that one. That's yeah. a good choice. Alcatraz is a pretty prominent character in that movie. No, that's a good choice. And it's one of the very, very few movies of his that I like. Because Michael Bay, not the best. <laughs> I-, I found out whenever Michael Bay does an R-rated movie... I tend to like it more for some reason. Huh. It's weird. Like I think of The Rock, uh, Twelve Hours, the secret, or is it Thirteen Hours? Secret Soldiers mm-hmm. of Benghazi, that movie, and then um, what was his other movie that he did with Marky Mark and The Rock? Uh, I'm uh, not sure. I'm not sure which one you're talking about. Uh, yeah, it was actually a really good movie where they were all um, weightlifters who tried to uh, pull off a con. Oh yeah, I forget what that was called. That was actually a decent film. It was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then all of his, no, not so much. Yeah. But no, The Rock, uh, I really love it. It's uh, Sean Connery, Nick Cage, you know, being Nick Cage. And then Ed Harris, um, man, that's just a fun movie. Well, growing up, that was one of my favorite movies to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you got some more I do. Mentions? I do have some. Um, one I would mention is Man on Wire, um, I think is a, a Great documentary about the experience of going between the two towers. Well, this is an interesting category, right? Like, you just kind of don't consider it that way. I also mentioned Vertigo in here. Maybe a little bit of a stretch, uh, but that building does That was the only reason why I didn't, you know, put it in there. Yeah. It's a little bit of a stretch, I think, to mention Vertigo in the category. What about Moulin Rouge? 
Isn't kind of the Moulin Rouge its own, you know, character in that? I guess it is. I mean, yeah. the name of the movie is the name of the building. Yeah. So I thought that might be a good one. Um, Ocean's Eleven. The casino is kind of, you know, kind of its own character in many ways. Um, Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, that's a good one. That's actually a really good one. I should have thought of that one. Uh, and then the only other one I had mentioned was Citizen Kane um, because his mansion is... is Oh, the mansion. Okay, mm-hmm, yeah. Is pretty much a character as well. So... So those those were really the only ones. Other ones I can, you know, kind of came up with. But there's a lot of examples of this, and it's kind of fun to think about. So yeah, I just didn't really nothing was clicking for me on that one. So yeah, well there you go. If you've got one, which Moulin Rouge, the good one with you and McGregor, <laughs> the only Moulin Rouge. Come on, yeah, that's the one we're talking about. Yeah. Uh, I love that movie. What what was that movie? Pain and Gain? Pain and Gain. Pain, Thank you. Oh, gain. that was going to drive me crazy. Yeah. That's a good movie. Yeah, it's a, it's a decent film Tony for sure. Tony Shalhoub. <laughs> Not as a weightlifter, but yeah. Before we head on to the Sift Quest, just a reminder, we've got a contest going on with the uh, podcast that's showing up in the feed called D-Yay or D-Nay, which is where host emeritus of Sift Bop Denay is going through some mobile games and kind of checking them out. Mobile games that are inspired by whatever movie we are uh, um, reviewing Reviewing. that week. So you can check it out. It's great stuff. Uh, You can also go to the contest directly just by going to sifpop.com slash giveaway. Uh, Some really fun stuff there that we're giving away, including your, uh, your own, I think like 20 bucks to your own store to buy mobile games with and that kind of fun stuff for some of the stuff that she's been reviewing. So sweet. Check that out. Get in on the giveaway. Just a couple weeks left. Uh, you don't want to miss out on it. There's lots of fun stuff involved in that. So, again, that's sifpop.com slash giveaway. All right. The Sif Quest this week comes from Cody via email. He says, what is the best example of a bad guy doing an unnecessary act of cruelty to show that they are indeed a bad guy? Uh, the example that Cody gave was uh, the pulling of the teeth of the dinosaurs uh, in the by most Buffalo recent, Bill by Buffalo Bill in the most uh, recent uh, Jurassic World. So uh, we're going to take a look at other movies where I call this the kick the dog theory. Um, where no, you show, uh, yeah, yeah, you show the villain kicking the dog, so everybody knows they're the villain. Yeah. Um, and it has been a movie trope for a long time, and there are lots of great examples of it. I'm excited to hear the ones that uh, that you kind of pulled out. So yeah, what are your examples of this? Anton Chigurh. Yeah, it's like the whole movie yeah. is basically this. Like, you know, the coin flip yeah, is, is going the best to, example of this. Yeah, that is the quintessential, like, why are you being so evil to a random person? Yeah. You are literally flipping a coin. You are doing a Harvey Dent on this dude Yep, for no reason. Yeah. And it's so tense. No Country for Old Men is one of the most tense movies ever, all because... Of uh, Javier Bardem's character in that movie. You know, what's interesting about that one is I I do feel like that character does, quote unquote, kick the dog several times where it's like, you know, it's obvious how evil this person is. But at the same time, it doesn't have that thing where it ever feels like uh, cheesy or forced or it feels just, you know, he's authentically psychotic. Yeah, he's soulless. Yeah. So it's used very well in that movie, whereas other examples, I don't know that it's you know used as effectively. Or can, it can kind of seem like a cheap trick sometimes yeah. to have your villain do that. Like the pulling teeth, I think, is an example of that. Yeah, and then obviously, as you mentioned, go ahead. Oh, oh yeah. Um, the uh, John Wick, I yeah. think, is an example of this. Literally <laughs> kicking the dog. It's, yeah, kill the dog instead of kick the dog. But uh, I think he kicked it to kill it, because I just watched it last night. Oh, maybe he did, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's it's an actual literal example of of that you know that idea uh, in John Wick. Um, I had several other examples. You want me to to run through them? Yeah, yeah. Did I'll you have any more? I have a couple, but I'll let you go ahead. Well, why don't you go ahead? No, no, I want you to go first because okay. I need to pull up my list now. Um, Sid in Toy Story uh, with the tearing his sister's uh, doll in half. That's actually really good. <clears throat> you know, it, it didn't have to go there, but it, it wanted to show how evil Sid was. That he laughed in her face and. You know, put a pterodon head on her doll and that kind of thing. Um, Biff and Back to the Future too, when he's mocking the kids and throws their dodgeball uh, that they're that they're playing with, just throws it away from them. You know, just you know, being mean to kids. Yeah, because uh, Biff's a bad guy. A lot of this in Braveheart, um, especially with uh, was it Longshanks? 
that like uh, he his kid has a friend and he basically just oh, throws, throws him, him out the window. Yeah, yeah. Just throws him out the window. Yeah. Um. So that's another example. That's a really good one that I was thinking of. Uh, the original Ant Man, where he decides to just shrink baby lambs because he wants to test it, even though he's not like he makes them goo. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of an example of, oh, yeah, this guy's heartless, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and then the only other one I have, which actually is my favorite example of this. This is my favorite, most concise, most beautiful example of this in film. I want to take a guess. Oh, feel free. Is it from Schindler's List? No, it's not. Okay, because that was going to be one of mine. Then. Schindler's List has some, definitely some of this. Are you thinking of the I Pardon You scene or a, a different just scene? Just anything that Ray finds yeah. does in that movie, particularly the... Uh, the one I'm thinking of, I don't know if it's the pardon one, but it's uh, uh, the uh, the uh, what do you call this? The where they're building the thing, and then he takes the guy out, and he keeps mm-hmm. trying to shoot him, but the gun keeps breaking. Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just there's no yeah that entire movie Ray finds is you know just definitely the epitome of evil. But what was the other one? The perfect one for me. I, I just think it's just so quick and encapsulates exactly what you're trying to do with this. Is in Strangers on a Train. Uh, the Hitchcock movie, uh, Anthony Bruno, they're in a uh, fair area, and he just takes his cigarette and pops some kid's balloon. And it's just like quick, just one of those moments for no reason, just wants that kid to feel pain, you know, and just yeah. pops his balloon with his cigarette and then just kind of grins. You know, it's just kind of that moment where, you know, Hitchcock is saying, you know, that's who this character is. This is the villain. You know, pay attention. So, yeah, yeah kind of brings that home. That's my favorite example. Yeah. So uh, A couple more that I had. Uh, I'm going to go with Joaquin Phoenix and Gladiator. Okay. You know, having yep. him kill his kid for no reason other than, you know, just being yep. the epitome of evil. And then I'm going to go with Sam Rockwell in the Green Mile just because that guy was... I, he, obviously, he's insane. Right. Know? But, uh, you know, he just does some terrible, terrible things. And then I'm going to go... Ironically, with Buffalo Bill, not that character, but but uh, his character in Heat. At the beginning of the movie, they do the uh, the armor truck heist, and they're getting in the car, and then he just comes back. Are you looking up his actual name so we don't have to keep calling him <laughs> Buffalo Bill? I just figure it's a matter of respect. Yeah. To actually, yeah, I always think it's funny because I always think of him as uh, the captain in Monk. Um, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, go ahead. But uh, no, I'm going to go with, uh, you know, at the beginning of the movie, they're doing that armored truck heist, and they're all done, and then he just comes back to shoot one of the guys for no reason. Yeah. Like, they got everything they needed. That's a great example. And he just comes back, shoots him, and then they walk away. It's Ted Levine. Ted Levine. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, Buffalo Bill. So there you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there n- you go. Now you can be aware of it every time you see it. Uh, you know, the kick the dog trope, it happens a lot. And there's a reason, because it works, you know? It's just like it gives that villain the extra level of, you know, cruelty and insanity. At the same time, though, do you think it's a cop-out? It can be. Like I said, it can seem cheap Yeah, sometimes. But if used properly, you know, it it can work very well. Because I'm thinking about my, like, some what I consider to be some of my favorite villains of all time. And even though Anton Chigurh is on there, and we've mentioned him... It's for a different reason, and if you look mm-hmm. at like uh, even Darth Vader, you know, there's character development for him. His or, violence always had purpose. Yeah, yeah, or character development. I think I can't think of a kick the dog moment for for Darth Vader. Yeah, um, and maybe I'm just missing one. You know, I think of him, you know, choking the guy, but that was in. I mean, that was for purpose. That yeah. was to show his strength and his power to those people and kind of remind them who he th- is. That he's letting them be in charge. <laughs> yeah, know, kind of thing. So he's letting them make the decisions. Cause yeah. He doesn't have time. Yeah, it's beneath him. To, yeah, there's a purpose to it. So That's a really fun question. Yeah, thank you for that, Cody. I appreciate it. If you've got a Sift Quest question that you want us to answer, uh, just let us know. You can hit me up at Twitter, at Aaron Dicer. I leave my DMs open just for that purpose, in case you want to take a little longer to ask the question. Or, like Cody, you can send us an email, feedback at siftpop.com. By the way, not just any like questions like that that you might have, but if you're having a debate with a friend about something and you want us to settle it, or maybe you're wondering about like a moral quandary about, you know, your friend was doing, you know, on their phone in the movie theater and that kind of stuff. Whatever in the realm of movies that you want us to to kind of sift through and figure out, uh, you just let us know at feedback at siftpop.com or at Aaron Dicer. I want to hit on something that Jack just said right there. In the chat? Yeah, talking about Billy Bob Thornton in season one of Fargo. 
Uh, yeah, he does some pretty, you know, pointless. But dog, he's also he does a, some dog kicking. Yeah, but he's also a great character. He has that one speech, and this is the only reason why I'm bringing this up is because that one speech that he gives to uh, Colin Hanks about uh, the maps and uh-huh. there being dragons on the, you know, off the edges of the world and stuff. It's one of the most creepy, you know, lines of dialogue yeah. for a character. Yeah. It makes me want to go back and watch season one. So good. Yeah. Fargo's so good. I still have I still need to watch season three. It's it's not my it's my least favorite season, but it's still great. I yeah. mean it's still okay. Um so yeah, thanks for that, Jack. Appreciate that. You ready for some buried treasure? Let's make it happen. All right. <laughs> I'll I'll start it off. Um Ooh. recently I've pretty much just been watching the World Series of Poker. Yeah. because uh, it's that time of year for me and I've been watching all the live streams, all the coverage on ESPN. As we record this, actually the final of the main event is tonight. Um, but I know I've talked about that before, so I'm going to talk about the show that I have finally been able to catch up on all the way, four full seasons, finally all the way caught up on BoJack Horseman. So finally finished that up. Uh, this show, man, uh, wow. I was not expecting what this show is. Also, what is this show? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it's. There's nothing like this. Nothing is like this where it is this uh, absurdist almost, whereas, you know, you've got horses and fish and other animals and also humans, and they're all just living in the world as if that's what the world is. Like, the animals are like different races, basically. Yeah. And I don't mean that as like the the show is a racial allegory. That's not what I'm saying. Although they play on that, you know, for, for jokes sometimes. But... It's more just that that's the universe it's in. So it's absurdist in many ways, and yet it is so dark. Like, there's a darkness to this show that that really explores the darkness of what it means to be human, but it does it in such an absurdist way. Uh, I was I, I just have was not prepared for how um, sad this show is, how... Uh, you know, I, I almost want to use the word depressing. This show is, you know, it's about dealing with those kind of things. And it's still it's, a comedy. And it's still really funny. And that's what blows my mind. The writing is so good. Um, Mr. Peanut Butter is one of my favorite TV characters ever in the history of TV characters. I identify with him so much. Uh, it is, it, I just can't believe this show is working on the level it's working on. Um, all that to say, would I say it's one of the greatest shows ever made? I don't even know. I would just say it's one of the most interesting shows ever made, for sure, uh, in the way that it deals with stuff. So, yeah, I just come away from it going, wow, this is incredible. And also, what is this? You know, it's just like I'm, I'm just trying to figure out where they're going and what they're doing. So just kind of have my mind blown by BoJack. So there you <laughs> That's go. awesome. I, I know everybody it. else has already experienced this, and it's late for me. But Well, you know, you know what? That's how I was with Rick and Morty. Yeah. You know, Obviously, they're different shows in yeah. that aspect, but the whenever I was watching it, I'm like, okay, this is one of the funniest shows I've ever seen, but the stuff that it's actually hitting on each episode is so different, and nobody has even... there's. Whenever I think of Rick and Morty, I'm like, these are sh- uh, topics that people are afraid to talk about, and they just dive right in, mm-hmm. and they go with it, and you know... Though the stuff that happens in every single episode with these horrible topics are, uh, they're not one and dones. They come back, you mm-hmm. know. So I totally get it. I've had that experience with the show, and I'm like, it's, but it's still hilarious. It's mind blowing. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just it's it is true trauma. Like this show deals with true, authentic, real trauma, and also hilarious puns. You know what I mean? Like it somehow does both. Uh, yeah. So man, mind blowing stuff. Mind blowing. Uh, my buried treasure is a show that um, I, I'm afraid is kind of dying off, and I want people to jump back on The Expanse. I've never seen a single second. Really? Yeah. Well, tell me, tell me why I should watch this. So I think that there's there's been a lot of people who are saying this is everything that uh, a Firefly could have been, and whenever they say that, I don't want to give the uh, the perception that the show is tonally like Firefly. I think what people mean when they say that is is it had the potential to go on to be the next Grace great space opera. Um the best selling 
you know, tagline I can get for the show is this is Game of Thrones in space with no nudity or language. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Like, but, you know, you have, uh, I guess, what you could compare to houses, you know, um, because there's three prom or I don't want to get, get into spoilers too much, but there's like three tribes. Yeah. There's Earth, Mars, and they're called belters people who work on the belt of saturn so it's kind of about uh solar system colonization and kind of what that would result in and, exactly yeah. and it's like okay so now mars is a giant military power and uh resources are sparse now in you know the solar system so they send people out to the saturn belt to gather the ice, you know, from the rings and to bring those back. And those are the belters. And physics are so important in this show. It's crazy mm. because people on the belt, you know, they're always in zero gravity. So bone density for them is different than those on Earth. So they can't really come to Earth because, you know, they'll they'll be crushed yeah. by Earth. Yeah. And it's crazy to see, like, what they do. Like, they're, I'll, I'll just give one thing away. There's interrogation scenes, you know, because they think that, you know, some belters are starting to rebel. So they do gravity torture on them where they, like, they just hang them up, like, on coat hangers. And they just have Adjust them the sit. gravity? Yeah, just have gravity just way down Ouch. on them. And it's crazy. But the acting in the show is great. The... uh the subterfuge and the subplots and, you know, the uh, the behind-the-scenes going on, the political power struggles and stuff like that. It is such a great show. And there's only, like, uh, 30 or 40 episodes. And it is easily, easily, easily the best show sci-fi has ever done. Nice. You can watch it on, uh, if you have Prime, you can watch it on Prime. Okay. It's called The Expanse. The Expanse, yeah. Well, there you Game go. Game of Thrones in space. <laughs> Just... Space of Thrones? 100% less penises. <laughs> game of Planets? Yeah, Game of Planets. <laughs> nice. Well, we did it, Andrew! Hi! We casted pods, and the pods were casted, and pods have been casting. Yeah! Woo! <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today for Sif Pop. It is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other live and later shows on the network by following us at Spreaker either in the Spreaker app or at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Huge thanks again to Andrew, who you can find at Flick Freaks yep. on Twitter. Anything else you want to let people know about? No, that's good. All right. You find me <laughs> at Aaron Dicer on Twitter. Also, if you want to check out my YouTube channel, it is Your Movie Friend. Uh, I do a weekly review there of the movies that are coming out. Much love and gratitude to our Patreon supporters for giving monthly to make this show and others on the network possible. Support starts at 3 bucks a month. comes with some pretty fun perks. You can find out more at patreon.com slash studiodna. Lots of ways to connect with us. You can comment at Spreaker or email us. Feedback at sifpop.com. And finally, if you are having a good time and you love Sifpop, make sure you let your movie-loving friends know about it, too, and that listening to it is much easier than using a construction crane to enter a burning building. Spoiler chat for Skyscraper should be up next in your podcast feed, and next week I haven't decided what we're going to talk about quite yet, although I'm thinking maybe 8th grade uh, is coming out locally, so maybe we'll, maybe okay, we'll hook that yeah. one up. Um, That's the Bo Burnham movie, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, the Bo Burnham I've been wanting so. to see that. So maybe 8th grade might be something else, but we'll see you then. Bye! Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.